Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad, and with me as always is the ever so wonderful magician kind of like guy, Mike Hampton. Mike, what's up? Did you say magician? I sure did. What? <laughs> it's because your voice is like magic. <laughs> you know? Uh, is it? Oh. When I talk like this? Oh, it sure is. What about when I talk like this? <laughs> Even more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, how are you doing this lovely afternoon? I'm I'm excited, as always, <laughs> about what we're going to talk about. I think we today. need to come up with some new ones, uh, some new things to say. Like, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. Well, I am. Actually, today, I'm actually excited. I may have been lying in the past, but today... I hope I'm not. Genu- I'm genuinely <laughs> excited. Yeah. I think we should get a thesaurus, and then we'll use a different term for excited every time <laughs> it's good to expand your exactly because yes, i end up always going into this one and to pay our bills we have to talk about these people right so <laughs> we'll have to come up with some new flavor for that but anyways yeah. we do got to pay the bills so in order to do that let's talk about our amazing sponsors this week we have the wonderful the ever so uh beautiful <laughs> uh lucky 13 tattoo bomb mike have you been keeping up with your tattoo care yeah 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 okay <laughs> um you know what uh, honestly man it's such a great product i know people have been using it a lot and um you know we we still got to have you take those pictures so we can post them we talked about it now a couple of times so yeah we're on, i'm i'm taking a i take a pre and we'll do a post yes please um but it's a great idea, though, nonetheless. Uh, tattoo care is always very important because, like I think you said in a previous episode, tattoos are investments. And what better to way to secure your investment by using this family-owned brand, Lucky 13 Tattoo Care. Uh, what's really great about it is not only do you get some of the best product around, but it is 100% organic and 100% family-owned, which is kind of hard to find nowadays. Um, so please go check them out at protectyourink.com and save 25% off by using promo code all over case uncle dad talks. And in order to get through that sentence, you know what I'd be drinking? I'd be drinking some raise energy drinks by rep sports. You can tell that's why I'm a hundred right now. hundred percent, right? Just let's go. Let's go. Uh, now raise energy. We just talked about it. It's still October. Let's go and talk about it again. Mike, they have an exclusive Halloween flavor. Isn't that correct? Frankenstein. Frankensour. Frankensour. <laughs> oh, I, I knew it had Frankenstein. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> it is a very unique flavor blend, uh, almost like a uh, sour watermelon or a sour apple. It is incredibly tasty. It has all the clean energy that Rep Sports is known for with their raised product. Now, as always, you can save 25% with them as well by going to reppsports.com and using promo code Uncle Dad Talks. Oh, lowercase. Uh, am, I on a, am I on fire right now or what? <laughs> yeah, man. I love it. I love and it. You got good energy, bro. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> and do you want to know how I had this good energy? Raise. No, because I got some good rest from our last final partner, Cloudy. Like, um. I talk a lot about our our advertisers, but I want you to talk about Cloudy. You want me? Yes. Yeah, so I enjoyed Cloudy uh, for the first time, right before last. And uh, I used the, the trifecta. I used, they have the uh, diffuser. Uh, yes. They have the spray mist. 
and they have the cream and the collection of the three put me on a cloud and I drifted off to sleep into dreamland. Yeah. And he's not lying this time. No, <laughs> I'm actually not lying. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great product. 100% uh, organic products as well. Uh, a smaller business as well. And it's not family owned, but you know what? That's okay. And uh, it's an amazing product. And the great part is if you go to tricloudy.com and use promo code all lowercase Uncle Dad Talks, you can save 25%. Off you any purchase that you would like and honestly the best thing to get is the sleep kit which includes two six two three packs of the melatonin diffuser one silk screen mask sleep mask i should say one sleep mist and one calming cream all valued at 140 dollars but one low price of 60 bucks and you can still get 25 percent off so you ask me mike that is one fire of a deal all right fire it's an it's not a cloudy deal but it's a deal for cloudy oh See? and after all that advertising talk let's get into the show mike tell us about our guests well so uh maybe uh our listeners out there are familiar with uh this week being the uh opening week for nba basketball are you aware of that Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Basketball is the sport where they run around a diamond and they use a bat, right? You got to put the ball in the hole to make the points. Story of everybody's life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is exciting because, yes, it is NBA kickoff week. Uh, for those of you who are sports fans. Hold on, hold on. You said NBA kickoff, whenever you NBA tip-off? Oh. Actually, you're right. Thank you for yeah. directing me in front yes. of all of our listeners. Yes. You're welcome. NBA tip-off uh, week. And so our guest is, he's an MC for my favorite team in the NBA. Mine too, uh, mine too. Your favorite team in the NBA. So this works for both of us. Um, he is, uh, he's been with them for a long time. You go to the games. He's the guy that gets you hyped up in between timeouts and halftime and before the fourth quarter. He's a super cool dude. Uh, awesome. Scott Fresh, uh, Scott Fresh Hour, AKA as known in the Kings games in Sacramento, Scott Fresh. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny, Mike? Uh, we talk about announcers. I've always wanted to do that. Well, um, he's an MC. Oh, he's not the guy who's like touchdown. He doesn't say no one in there says touchdown. <laughs> well, I, I know that, but I'm saying like he doesn't do that, right? Like he's not that person. He's no. There's the guy that yells out the names. Okay. And he's the announcer, but the MC is the guy that says, you know, welcome to Golden One Center and welcome to. The Kings games, Kings fans, and it's the fourth <laughs> quarter. Let's I hope he doesn't do feet. it. I hope he doesn't do it that softly, though. <laughs> Clearly, this is why being an MC is a you know a talent in and of itself. Very much so. Yes. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to do announcing, like you know, and uh, twenty-five yards down. Uh, yeah, twenty-five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> you can be an announcer, and I'll be an MC, and we'll never get work anywhere. <laughs> oh, or, or maybe we'll get all the work because we'll be such a mess. <laughs> yeah. Listen to these burnouts. 
Uncle, Uncle who? Yeah. Uncle Dad, what? Well, at least we've always got our podcast. That's very much so. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this guest. In all seriousness, I do know that it's NBA opening or tip-off week. So I'm very excited to have a uh, a fellow member of the SAC clan, uh, the Sacramento Kings, all day, all day. <laughs> and uh, I, I do love the Kings a lot, man. Uh, I'm not from the Sacramento area. I'm from the Stockton area, as you know. But, you know, being right there next to us, uh, it's Kings is always my favorite team. Uh, I know they had some rough seasons. I think you know that too. But man, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's still great to always be loyal to that. And uh, this is probably the only team you and I actually agree on. I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at least we have one thing to agree on. Only one. Yeah. Uh, but without further ado, we will be right back after this break with Scott Fresh Hour in Sacramento Kings. Hey, how's it going? My name is Tion Buku One. I'm a skateboarding, graffiti writing, bowling son of a Black Panther. And I'm Yula. <laughs> and we are the co-hosts of the Black Russian Podcast. Our podcast is a deep dive into relationships from monogamy, non-monogamy, open, poly, and whatever other labels that us wacky humans come up with. Let's go beyond the assumptions, beyond the stigmas, stereotypes, and most definitely beyond the judgment. We share our highs, lows, face plans, and triumphs of trying to love in ways that fit us individually while we continue our journey through life together. With topics like yuck and yums, poly trendy, how does it really feel, and tour life, tour wife, we discuss how to build and define relationships that are tailor-made for you. Let's talk about it, let's be honest, all from a soulful perspective. Now let's be clear, let's we don't advocate clear. any one relationship style over the other. Nah. We advocate any and all relationships that encourage truth, honesty, and the freedom to do it how you do it. Deconstruct, decolonize, and rebuild in your own way with a Black Russian podcast. Sure. Available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Mike, we are back at Uncle Dad Sucks. And uh, Mike, I just, you know, this is one of those times where I have to entrust you and give you the keys to the keys to the castle because mm. uh, you're the king now. So mm. yeah, how many king references am I going to make in this episode? I like that. Very good. <laughs> uh, Mike, go ahead and introduce our guest. Well, our guest, uh, yes, he's, uh, he's here with us now. Um, I gave you a brief introduction before the, the break here, Scott, but... Scott Freshour, welcome to Uncle Dad Talks. Thanks for coming on. Dude, I'm excited to be here, man. Yes. So first off, let me just, uh, your name, Scott Freshour. But when you're at the Kings game doing your MCing, you're Scott Fresh. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. It, that is, that is there like, uh, is that kind of like an alter ego that you dip into? Is that like your, uh, your Gonzo to Hunter S. Thompson kind of thing or... Maybe not that intense, right? I hope that you intense. know what? <laughs> Nobody in my entire life has ever called me fresh until I got a job at the Kings. So like I'm I've always just been Scott, Scott Fresh Hour. And so when I got to the Kings, uh a lot of the dudes that I work with just started calling me fresh. And then so then they just started calling me it's that's fresh, that's Scott Fresh. And like it's because it's not a name I don't think I would ever have given myself, right? <laughs> Call me fresh. Like to me, that sounds so like egotistical and like weird 
but it's my name. So like, I, I hope people when they hear Scott Fresh, don't think that I'm trying to be some like wannabe. Uh, <laughs> it's just a shortening of my name. Uh, and the, you know, the guys who, who run the production at the Kings, that's what they call me. And so that's what they put up there as my lower third. And that's what they call me in the games. So uh, it just kind of naturally came together like that. Yeah. That's all good nicknames do, right? You can't give yourself your own nickname. No, no. Many have tried. Yes. Same thing with our uh, with our main host here, Uncle Dad. I, you know, that's obviously not his real name, but that was a nickname <laughs> someone gave him. Yeah. Yes. Great nickname. <laughs> Is it? <Uncle> dad. <laughs> I think so. I appreciate that. Thank you. I feel I feel I'm like... an uncle and a dad, and I love it. So I think that's a cool name. See, and I'm not either. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's it's irony. Yes, I like that. Exactly. I like that. <laughs> So yeah, Scott. So uh, I'll call you Scott, and, and to keep the the fresh, you know, wannabe whatever uh, subsided a bit. Um, so you've worked for the Kings for what, sixteen years? Is that right? Is that about- I want to say this is seventeen or eighteen coming up. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> that is that is you've seen them go through a lot of stuff, right? Like sure have. Uh, what was it? So I, I did a little bit of research on you. Um, 2008 looks like when you hopped on. Is that about accurate? Sounds about right. That's when I started hosting. Uh, I started working behind the scenes in like 2005. So that sounds about right. Maybe 2008. Uh-huh. Damn, that that would mean I've been emceeing for like a long time. A long time. Yes. Wow. So you saw them at the end of their, or you started working there with the Kings at the end of their kind of playoff run that they had for for i don't know eight or nine years whatever it was yep and then you hopped on and started working with them through probably the the really really tough tough <laughs> some tough years there you know as a as a king's hand a king's oh, yeah. fan at heart like there's some tough years in there for sure sure how do you how do you stay motivated to to keep hyping things up when the team's you know, playing really bad and, you know, their records like 20 something wins, you know, like where do you find the motivation in situations like that? Besides your paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what? It's just freaking fun, dude. Like (laughs) I have a microphone. I'm in front of an entire arena. Like there's no way you can be in a bad mood in that situation. Like it's, I'm hyped out there because like, it's actually hyped. Like it's like a two-way street. Like the Kings fans through this like drought, they haven't stopped, bro. Like, like other teams, you would see nobody in the building for until they made the playoffs again. But the Kings, like it's well known, like Kings fans are pretty much the most loyal fans there are. Like, so yeah, you can have this hyped atmosphere, even if the team, you know, is is struggling in the records. Uh, but like to find that motivation, bro, like. It's what drew me to the Kings originally. I, it, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to get a little deep on you guys. Yeah. Because, because, dude, I'm, I'm all about like, I love like meditating, yoga, like learning about mindfulness and spirituality. I remember the first time I went to a, a Kings game as a fan and I grew up in a small town. And so I've never been in an audience that big cheering for something. The, the only thing I remember from that game was the energy I felt when everybody stood up on their feet, when like Doug Christie hit a three pointer, I remember like the entire crowd in unison did it. And I don't think I could put it into words then, but I can now, like that was a tangible energy that I felt 
that was the force of humans coming together and like cheering and sending actual positive vibes out into the world. And again, without really knowing it, that's kind of what I stumbled into doing is being able to like, yo, let's get on our feet. Let's get hype. Like there's an energy exchange there, which is pretty deep and like beautiful. Uh, and so that's just me being a total hippie, but like, yeah, my motivation is, is that energy is that feeling dude is that feeling of a, of a crowd coming together and uniting for a common purpose and cheering and screaming and, bro, sometimes that energy actually does translate into like a little mini Kings run where they score two or three buckets in a row. And then the crowd has that point, like it is just a wave of positive energy. So like, it's cool to be a part of anything like that. I'm glad you say that. I'm glad you say that because I, I consider myself a bit of a hippie as well. And, yeah, bro. you know, and enjoy meditation and personal growth and, and feeding off of, you know, people's energy and channeling good energy, kind of working your way away from negative energy. Yeah. But I've been in a lot of games, Kings games specifically, especially in the old uh, Arco Arena. Um, and there is definitely, and I, this goes for all sports, when there is the whole arena, stadium, dome, whatever is cheering, you can feel the energy. Yeah. Like you can feel it within you. Everyone's screaming on their feet like there's no way that there's not some real energy being channeled into into what we're cheering for right and that's what i would say to any skeptic who's like no we're you know we're just flesh and bones with a brain uh, i would say to you have you been to a sporting event have you felt that energy when when things are going amazing and then when things go low like it is it is something outside of you and so like yeah there there's something deeper to it so let's let me talk. Let me ask you about your first. So so you're you're working for the Kings in the organization, and then how do you get to the point where you're getting the job as the MC? Is that something you apply for? Or is that something where someone heard you talking and was like, "Hey, your voice. Let's talk about you doing this over here." Yeah. Well, you know, staying on kind of the theme of of mindfulness and stuff, like authenticity is a big thing for me. Like, if I'm gonna be somebody in front of 18,000 people, I want that to be the same person that is at Safeway shopping or buying, you know, groceries at Target, whatever. Um, I totally forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, I was asking about groceries. <laughs> I was, uh, how do you go from working in the organization to oh, going right. to be the MC? Right, right, right. So I guess my earlier point was, uh, I'm always this way. I'm always loud. I'm always like trying to like push the vibe positively. Um, and so I did work behind the scenes. I was more interested in being, you know, director of entertainment, producing the content, you know, putting the intro sequences together with the video and the pyro. I was more interested in that kind of stuff, but I was still this weird, wacky guy. And I remember they had uh, big Mike's contract. that was not renewed. And if you're, a, if you're a longtime Kings fan, big Mike, trailblazer actually for MCs in the NBA. It was like him and one other guy. Uh, I think his name was Scotty B. It is Scotty B uh, out in Orlando. Uh, they were pretty much like the first teams to like kind of try it out. And so when Big Mike's, you know, tenure ended, uh, the Kings were kind of trying to look for something different. And uh, I remember they were like auditioning, like people from Good Day Sacramento would try it out. So like every game they were kind of trying somebody new somebody from local radio somebody that was uh 
you know, just somebody with a, like a DJ or somebody like that kind of had a little bit of a name. They were, we were trying everybody out and, you know, nothing was really clicking with, with my boss at the time. And so, you know, he just kind of looked up at me and he was like, well, how would you do it, dude? And I was like, I was like, well, I would sit like this. I would say it's time for the half court shot. And he goes, bro, you're going to, let's do you next game. You want to do next game? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And like tried it. And the, the guy who gave me the opportunity was, has a background in, in like working at Disney and universal. So, you know, he was really helpful on like just little tips and tricks, look at the camera, you know, those kind of things. Uh, but yeah, then that's just how it started. I fell into it, dude. Never in my life would I have been like, I want to be the, I want to be a public speaker. I want to stand out in front of people. No, I didn't want that, but I fell into it because that energy, I just drawn to that energy from that crowd, man. So yeah, that one, that one opportunity, uh, I went with it. I stuck around. Like I could, it just, it worked out really well. And I said, if I was going to do it, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And man, I, I, I can honestly say I, I have accomplished goals by doing like all-star games and USA basketball things. So yeah, it's been a heck of a ride. Yeah. So the first time you did a Kings MC in a game was they basically, they said, Hey, next game, let's just throw you in there and see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it went. So, and because I was doing the production, right? Like I was doing the, I, I was writing the scripts. I was writing like what the timeout, you know, is going to entail. Like I knew everything that was about to happen. So like, who better to do it? Because I was the guy that helped order that prop. And I was the guy that helped pick out that contestant. Like I, it just all came together like perfectly. So, so you guys look at each game as kind of like, I, I don't know, it almost sounds like, like a, like a TV show, really. Like you're going to plan. All right. First time out, we're going to do this. Uh, second time out, this first quarter, we'll have this person come on and jump around. You, you were the guy that would kind of decide all those things. And then you run it by a crew or how does that work? Yeah, so it is very much run like live television. Uh, I, I would say the most comparable thing is probably like pro wrestling or uh, just like like a local news show. Like everything is timed out. Everything is pre-planned. Like, yeah, I mean, up to about two months prior to the game, we'll know what's going to happen in what timeout. Like it's, it's that detailed and it's detailed with, you know, what camera takes the shot? What's the lighting guy doing? What's the music that's being played? Are there graphics on the screen? What's the, you know, what is, what's the roll in, roll out? Like it's produced like a, basically like a television show. And my place in that, that group, and that's a talented group that the Kings have. Like, I, I, I don't think Kings fans realize how dope the crew is that runs the in arena entertainment for the Kings, dude. Like, our game director has directed like 20 NBA all-star games. Our audio guy does this for like all-star games, USA basketball. Like these guys are like the top professionals in the industry. Uh, and they're all in Sacramento and they love it here, man. Uh, but like my place in that role would be like more of like the creative, like helping orchestrate creative ideas and creative ideas come from everywhere. They come from slams and they come from our music guy, like, it's a collaborative process, but I kind of would leave like lead, like more of like the creative, like, what are we going to do? What's the intro is going to look like? Like, what's, uh, what's the funny video we're going to do with, you know, with, with De'Aaron Fox, like we would come those together as a group. And then I would help take the idea and mold it into something that actually would run in the game. So it's an incredibly like 
uh, collaborative environment. And I've still been doing that. I've still had my behind the scenes job in addition to the, the MC thing. So I've been doing, you know, the behind the scenes stuff with them for that's close to 18 years there. Wow. So yes, yeah, so that really helps you have a grasp on what to do each time Absolutely. you're up. Yeah. I've seen the show. I helped write it. I, it was, yeah. It almost sounds, it sounds like a, like a, Saturday Night Live, like the Saturday Night Live writers thing where they kind of put an idea out, people work on it together and then, and then you run it. It comes to fruition, but bro, don't make no mistake. It is collaborative, man. Like the best minds in the industry, Mo Brazelton, Dan Spackman, Todd Moraldo, Brian Hilton, like these guys are like top of their game in the league, league recognized, bro. Like Sacramento was really lucky with the brew they got. Yeah, I was just curious, um, when you have such a, uh, an elaborate production, what happens when it doesn't go as planned? <laughs> and I think, dude, that's why the core of people that we have here love it so much because we've been doing it together 18 years. Nobody's brand new to, to our team. Like, it's 18 years togetherness. And so, like, we've kind of become like brothers, man. So, like, yeah, when an audio cue is missed, like, <laughs> like I'll talk smack to him after the game. And when I forget to turn my microphone on and I mess up, yo, he makes fun of me. Like we're like big brother, little brother, like <laughs> genuinely love each other. So yeah, when that stuff happens, bro, and it, and it happens, like you, you either just play it off. Like it didn't happen. You put, you lean into it. Like, haha, this worked better in rehearsals. Like we just improv it, bro. And that's why it's so much fun because it, to me, it also has that element of live theater. Like if you tried to tape me, I, I would mess up my lines a thousand times, but when it's live and you have no choice to be your authentic self and just be in that moment, it's all organic and authentic and fun, man. That's, that's awesome. Even if you mess up, people are like, it's cool, man. Like they're humans. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, at least that's what I think. I don't, I don't know. If that, that is very, uh, that is very SNL like to Mike's point, like very much like that live, like you said, like that theater aspect. I never thought about it that way, but that's interesting. It's such an interesting aspect. Really is, bro. Like if something funny happens on what day is it? Tuesday. If something funny happens tonight in the in the game that's going on, you know, you know, it's not uncommon for us to all be on a text thread going, Oh, dude, we gotta make fun of this tomorrow, or <laughs> oh dude, we gotta like, we gotta insert this one liner in, like we're constantly seeing and collaborating and like, Oh yeah, dude slams. And you got to look like Chuck Charles Barkley next. I don't know. You know, we're always constantly coming up with those weird late night things. It is very SNL. Now, now that I've never thought about that. It is. What's uh, you know, one of my questions I had for you was what was one of the most embarrassing moments you had as the MC where like you totally <laughs> dropped the ball or said the wrong thing or, <laughs> you know, like what, what's one of those moments where you, mm. you did screw up and then like, How'd you save yourself in front of 17,000 people? Bro, so it only once in all these years have I like just blank. I did where I just kind of go like here in headlights. It actually happened, bro. And it was horrifying. Like it was like a long like introduction into a contest. And then like the first question, I, I remember I just like, I could not think of a, the next word, bro. And I heard like, I heard some fan in the back go, say something, bro. <laughs> and I, and it made me laugh. And then I just picked it right back up again. It kept going, but bro, it, it probably was like five seconds of like silence. But you know, in that moment, I'm like full arena, 
I don't know what to say. And you're on the jumbotron uh, on the big yeah, screen. But, but I mean, like in a weird way, going back to that SNL vibe, like if we mess up, we kind of laugh with it. Yeah. Like we realize that what we're doing isn't super serious, right? So like if, yeah, if we mess up the half court shot, like we'll tease each other. We'll have fun. We'll giggle. Like it is so SNL, man. That's such a great comparison. That, 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 that's fun. I, I would, would love to see <laughs> The tape of you <laughs> stuck bro it's it, it, it exists somewhere and it is actually probably on a tape yeah. <laughs> that's how far we that's how long i've been there it's what's on a, a tape what's a tape <laughs> exactly <laughs> uncle dad what is it so yeah so you mentioned like uh nba all-star and uh and uh usa like you know olympic basketball which you i i know you've done i'm seeing it those two what's the What's the difference like or pressure? Is there a difference in pressure when you're prepping for like an NBA all-star game or, or Olympics where there's just a totally different kind of people watching? Is there a different prep or you just take it all the same and just kind of channel whatever energy is coming your way? Yeah, there is kind of a flow state you get into when you do this kind of stuff. But I mean, I would say that <laughs> this is not, this is, I don't want this to sound bad either way, but like, uh, the Kings is a Saturday night night live skit with Chris Farley and, um, what's his name? Spade, David Spade <laughs> and the Olympics or, um, all-star is like a movie with James or David Spade and Charles Barkley. Like, <laughs> like the, the, the players are the same, but it's the bigger stage. And so, yes, there is more, uh, a little bit more structure to those kind of events. Kings games, a lot of improv, you know, we kind of know what we're talking. We, we do know what we're talking. We kind of prep, but we're, we're prepared. Um, at all-star, you know, just the pressure, man. I mean, like Beyonce's in the front row. Like I, I did one of the Olympic ones in front of Barack Obama. Like wow. you, you, you can't, I can't just go out there and just kind of wing it. Like, you know, like those are big stage events. And so they actually have a lot more rehearsals for those. So what you do is where for a Kings game, we might get two hours before the game starts to rehearse, you know, for the all-star or these Olympic events, it's usually three or four to sometimes five days in advance. And there's three or four days of rehearsal uh, just because the cameras are also getting picked up by TNT, ESPN, those kind of things. So there's a little bit, it's a little bit bigger of a stage, a little bit more toys, uh, but I still approach it the same way. Like, I know the material. I go out there and I have fun. I'm authentic with it. Um, and I, I, I do kind of get into a, like a flow state, bro, which is, which is kind of cool, which is something I've been learning about too. And, you know, as far as Taoism and other stuff I like to read. Oh uh, yeah. I'll ask you about that. In a, in a <laughs> I, I do want to hear your perspective on that, but while you were, while we're talking about, you know, the Olympics and stuff, you got to work with them in 2016 in Brazil, right? Were you part of that? Am I getting that right? No, I wasn't in Brazil in 2016. China, maybe? China. So what, what's it like? What, you're working in, in the Olympics with like some of the best players in the world. Oh, I'm sorry. I worked the Olympic pre-event. So I only worked the stateside events. I didn't actually go to the Olympics. I worked for the USA Basketball Foundation. Uh, once oh. they go to the Olympics, it's, yeah, it's like whatever the city is. Sorry, sorry so, to confuse that. No, no, that's cool. I mean, that's cool to clear it, clear it up. What? So, what's that like? Do you still get to work? So that's like the people who are gonna make the Olympic team play, and then they kind of yeah. try out. Is that what that's like? 
No, so it's 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 they call them um I can't remember what they're called. They're not called scrimmages, but it's basically like they play Team USA. They're like the team with like LeBron and Kobe. Like it plays like a game against Brazil. It's uh not a pre-qualifier. I'm trying to remember the name of what it is, but it, it's it's not technically the Olympic Games, but it's more of like a stateside here's team usa versus brazil and they go they play there's are competitive games so that's how it's kind of set up and what's that like like you know you're right there with <laughs> it's know, crazy. durant and jimmy butler i'm sure and Kyrie and all these guys the marcus cousins Kobe, like, lebron like I, I steve nash dirk like i've been around some of these dudes like it's it's crazy because I, i'm not sitting there high-fiving them or asking them what they watched on tv the other night like they're there to do a job. So I'm kind of just like there on the sidelines. So I do get to kind of sit there in awe and be like, holy shit. Like, I'm looking at, this is Tim Duncan. This is Kevin Garnett. This is LeBron James. This is Kobe Bryant. Like it's, it's bonkers, man. That's yeah. Be so surreal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a fan in those moments. Yeah. I'm a fan who can't like jump up and down. I'm like, play cool, play cool. <laughs> hold it in, hold it in. Yeah. I imagine, you know, you have to be professional. You're not allowed to like, oh yeah. You know, hey, here's my jersey. Will you sign it? Or you know, there's my right. card, right? Like you can't. Right. All that's off limits. I'm sure, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure people do it, but you know, those players get hit up. You know, how many times a day with that same kind of request? So like, man, I'm just, I'm just honored to be sharing a court with them, man. I just, yeah, I just kind of play it cool. Treat them how I'd want to be treated if I was warming up for an NBA game. You know. Yeah. Um, so when, so your, your energy, like this, this flow that you have, like you, do you have any kind of pregame ritual that you get yourself psyched up or is this just like, I think like you said earlier, like this is you. And once you step on the cart court, you channel that energy from the crowd and then you just jump right in. Or do you like hype yourself up, listen to system move it down or something crazy <laughs> and then, uh, and then hop out there. No, I don't hype myself up in any kind of way. Um, you, it, it's just funny. Like you get there at like three or four and it's chill. And then, you know, just kind of as game gets closer, like you just kind of feel your senses getting heightened and like, all right, it's game time. And yes, I you know, totally feed off the crowd, but I cannot lie. I am still the world's biggest professional wrestling fan. I was at Monday Night Raw last night in the front row. So, like, I cannot lie, bro. When I step out on that court on the mic, sometimes I'm pretending that I'm The Rock or I'm Chris Jericho or I'm Edge. Jerry Lawler? I'm, like, Jerry Lawler, one of these, like, incredible, like, talkers in pro wrestling history. Like, usually it's a Chris Jericho ripoff is what I'm doing. Like, I, I don't know if anybody listen, like, listening knows who Chris Jericho is, but he's, like, the king of, like – Get loud, baby. Like he does all, he's the best performer I've ever seen. So like a lot of what I do is when I step out there and like the posturing and stuff, like I'm trying to channel my inner like WWE fan. Like, and so, and then just naturally the crowd hypes me up even more. And so like, I am authentic because I'm authentically living out my professional wrestling dreams at center court of an NBA game. So that's weird. I have to ask really it's quickly. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. I, yeah. I, lo I love wrestling. Mike knows that. And uh, I'm curious because we, we've actually had Al Snow on the show. No. Yeah. <laughs> what does everybody want? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I was just curious. Try that in 2021. Yeah, bro. yeah no. Yeah, Cancel no. it. for sure. No, I just wanted to say, Love like, Al Snow, what was bro. your thoughts about Al Snow? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's like Dude, one of my so favorites. That was the era when I really got kicked into it, man. Like I was, I didn't get in with the Hogan's and the, the uh, Bret Hart's and those guys, man. Like I remember being a freshman in high school and like, I was like, I was like, kind of like hanging out with a new crowd and they were like, yo, you watched Raw last night? And I was like, what? No. And he's like, Stone Cold in the Rock. And I was like, okay, I'll check this shit out. And bro, I was blown away. Talk about the similar thing I felt with like the energy of like yeah. an NBA game. Dude, their presence, I could feel like these guys are larger than life. So bro, that attitude era to me oh, is yeah. like, I don't want to say Bible. That's a weird reference, but like, it's so special to me. Oh, yeah. And everyone in that era is special, bro. So like, yo, I'll watch Al Snow videos. If I see something pop up on YouTube, Al Snow is definitely on my list of dudes that I totally would love to meet. And I, I totally dig, bro. Like I, I remember even his tights, like he had the job squad yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I've even, I was this close at one point to buying a job squad t-shirt, man. Maybe, maybe this is a sign from the universe telling me that I need to go buy an Al Snow shirt, but yeah. loved Al Snow. I didn't like his heel turn. Didn't like his, uh, I didn't like his music when he turned heel or it was this, that kind of like the, <laughs> I loved the what does everybody want (laughs) I thought that was like the perfect track for him man so like I was bummed when he turned heel uh but man Psycho Al Snow like I just watched a raw raw replay the other day man he ate pepper man yeah 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 he didn't eat he did eat pepper yeah him and boss man boss man I can't remember but yeah Uh, sorry we'll have to change it Mike is like come on now (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm loving it oh pro wrestling you know you know Al Snow has a comic that he writes right yep yeah so we had him on to promote mainly to promote his comic I did not know he was a comic artist writer 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 no kidding yeah and it's pretty fun like it's a pretty fun about pro wrestling no it's about him and head going on adventures in his head oh my God, I need to get this. Yeah. While he's wrestling. While he's wrestling, that's right. Yes, yeah. It's the adventures oh. in his mind while he's wrestling. Yeah. Oh, that's deep, bro. Yeah. That's only that's only something Al Snow could come up with, Yeah, bro. it's super awesome, and issue two just came out. So, yeah, go support him no if you kidding. can. Yeah. I'm actually going to look into this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and listen to the Brad. episode. It's kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, shout out to Al yeah. Snow. Thank you so much for being here, yeah. of course. Dude. Uh, so, Al Snow. Al freaking Snow. Yeah. Head cheese. That is funny though. Now that you you've uh, you said that, I can definitely see the the, the pro wrestler yep. like, kind of character in you, oh, dude. At the when I've seen you at the games, like you're you're totally in your in your zone, and it's beautiful to watch someone who loves what they do, be in their craft, and just be totally lost in in the essence of who they are in it. And so it's it's you you do a great job, and it's always a pleasure to watch you. I remember Big Mike. I remember him, you know, and then there was the, this change and you came in. And uh, anyways, you, you do you do great, which Thanks, bro. I, I love it. And it, you're an inspiration, man. So Thanks, man. big yeah. shoes to fill, though. Big Mike was, is, is legend. I think he still I think he still sometimes is on the mic over at the 49ers, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. I didn't even think about that. That's right. I was no, just dude. at a Niner game. I watched them get loose. No stuff, man. Watched them get their butt kicked by uh, the, yeah. the Seahawks. But uh, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. He's a legend, bro. <laughs> so, so were you originally from? You said you're from a small town. I, I know you. I saw you. Uh, you graduated from Sac State. You know, and you're a Kings fan. So, what? Where did you grow up? What was your? Yeah, town? I grew up um, in Redding, California. So it's only about two and a half hour drive north of here, but it's far enough to feel like the smallest town on the planet of the earth um 
the car fire from a couple years ago, one of the one of the devastating, you know, the campfire was the big one in yeah. paradise, but the car fire was the was the big one. And that was like my side where I grew up, like it all got burned down, man. So I was super bummed about that. But I grew up um, you know, kind of west of Reading, kind of if anybody's ever been up there, a little place called Whiskey Town Lake. It's just kind of this outdoor Mecca. And that's where I grew up, man. I grew up loving art and loving uh, wrestling and uh, loving the Kings. And so like when I was in high school, I was like, oh, I'm going to go work graphic design for the Kings. I want to do be an artist for the Kings. Um, did all the advanced placement courses in high school. Uh, and I chose Sac State so I could go to Kings games and then also work on my, my art degree there at Sac State. And uh, I wasn't vibing with the art program at Sac State. I, I love Sac State. I'm glad that I switched to comms, but uh, I, I just wasn't vibing with one art teacher. And it was enough for me to kind of say, I'm going to switch over to communications. And I just ran with it, man. And I still found an artistic way into uh, the Sacramento Kings. And I do think of, let me back up. Let me get deep onto you for another level. Like, bro, like if you guys are doing art, like your hope is, somebody's feeling your emotion somebody's interpreting what you're what you're putting down right that feeling i get to be a part of a team that creates those moments but in like a live theater fashion so like in an artistic way man i'm still being creative and seeing these ideas get played out in front of an audience and i actually get to see how they like it or dislike it which is so weird but it's always kind of had an artistic edge to me in this whole journey i don't know what what your question was but i i just went that way <laughs> I mean, that was a great answer. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, about where you grew up and, and like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, at Reading, I would consider that <clears throat> definitely King's country. So I, I assume you were a fan, you know, during the during the King's glory years, right? With Chris yeah, Weber yeah. And, and, and Mike Bibby and, and those guys. So what was it like to be around guys like Shaq and Kobe after all of that? You know, because Shaq yeah. was was like a was like a minority owner of the Kings for a while, right? And yeah, I saw for sure. Tried I mean, to kiss you once or twice, <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. I that's happened multiple times, yeah. and I have video. It's, it's hilarious. But uh, um, yeah, I grew up with Chris Webber, Vlade uh, versus Kobe and Shaq. I hated the Lakers, bro. Like, yeah. like I I was young. I had teen angst. I I just had so mad at them. And then obviously, as I continue to work in the NBA, like, you know, and, and you start to mature as a human being, you start realizing, okay, well, they're just competing. They're not actually trying to rip my dream, Scott Freshour's dreams away. Like, they're competing at the highest level. Uh, and so like, you know, that, that, that anger or the jealousy, whatever you want to call it, it turned into respect, man. Like, like those last few years of seeing Kobe play, like I, I couldn't hate anymore, dude. Like, and it's starting to become the same way for me across the league. Like, I don't think there's one player that I don't like. Like, I just kind of, I just respect them all. Like there's, bro, these, these are human beings doing something at like the peak of their ability. And you throw in social media and all this media and, and the fact that they're able to hold it together. And these are spectacular human beings, man. Like it's like hanging out with like the Avengers. But um, again, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that again. You're going great. You're, you're, you're doing great. I was going, I, mean, I got really going there on that one. But anyway, oh, t just to just, and then obviously Shaq too, when he became the minority owner by that time, you know, my, my anger was gone and it was respect and it was just cool to be around those kind of guys. But yeah, to this day, like, I don't think there was anybody in the league that I, 
I'm like, oh, I don't want to work with them. Ugh. Like, yeah. dude, it's it's like I said, hanging out with the Avengers, bro. Even though he did call the Kings the Queens on, on yes, you know, on television, he had to apologize about that. You know, yes, uh, we were watching a uh, buddy of mine and I were watching the first game because tonight's the the official tip off is tonight, right? Right. So I'm sorry to pull you away from from watching NBA right now. I'm sure oh, you, good, you get your fill of it though. Yes. <laughs> but we were kind of talking about how in years past rivalries within in, in within the NBA specifically, people seem to dislike like players seem to dislike each other more than they do now. Like, you know, yeah. Shaq and Kobe did not like the Kings. The Kings did not like the Lakers. You know, the Pistons did not like the Bulls. Like these teams did not like each other. But right. now there might be a little bit of that, but I think it's more of like what they do on the commercials to hype up the games for us as fans. Correct. But, but there has been a shift I I, I, yep. I think I've seen, and I think you kind of just touched on it, right? Do you notice that too when you're working games? Oh, like yeah. There's just more of a, everyone's just well, kind yeah, of Well, cool. yeah, and the reason for that is because, you know, AAU basketball has really kind of changed the way, the path a lot of these guys get to the NBA. So like in the past, Kobe was playing at Lower Marion High School. And he got drafted to the Lakers, right? Like that was his basketball journey. Now all these guys are playing on AAU teams. Like they're playing on like college level, like AAU high school teams. And so they're going to tournaments. So like what's going on is they all know each other. It's not like it used to be where like, you know, Carl Malone did not know Dennis Rodman prior to these games. Most of these guys have been friends or at least acquaintances since they were like, 12 or 13 years old and so when you're on the court you actually see him show a lot I, I see a lot more love being shown to like teammates because like oh yeah man I played with him when I was 14 years old I played with that guy in you know AAU at the McDonald's All-American tournament like the network is you know and with social media they're all just a little bit more connected you know like it's it's easier to want to like punch a dude that you just met and he's just being real rough but like if you're playing rough against a guy that you've known plays that way for 20 years and you're only you know, 27, like, yeah, it, you don't get as offended, I guess. That would be my take on it. But again, I'm, that's a speculation. No, I mean, I think it's a great one. I, I mean, that's a good point you made because yeah, I mean, you could, you could definitely see in the past where guys didn't like each other, the way they would play defense oh. on each other. And now, yeah. you know, guys are laughing on, on opposite teams and helping each other up and, and, oh, and dude, yeah. You saw if you saw the playoffs last year, uh, the in Eastern Conference Finals with the Nets and the Bucks, like uh, uh, PJ Tucker and Kevin Durant are going at it, and then like PJ Tucker's looking over at Kevin Durant's mom. I love you, mom. I know we're just playing. Like they're giving each other love while they're doing it. Like it's like more of a brotherhood is what it kind of the vibe kind of feels like. And you, when you you see it, if you come early to a game and you watch the two teams kind of run out of their tunnels. The first thing they'll do is go say hi to their buddies, man. And there's a lot of hugging and high fiving, man. So like, I love it. The game's getting closer. That's cool. Um, that's an interesting perspective. And and I guess you know it, it's better to spread you know peace and love than than the other alternative anyway, right? For sure. So 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 you're 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 a teenager. You're you're in high school, or whatever. You're watching the Kings. Now you work for them. You know, Doug Christie also works in the media for the Kings, right? He's the TV guy now. Well, he's a coach now, but he's, uh, yeah, he did wrap up two years on uh, broadcast. Oh, is he now on the coaching squad? He's, he's a coach and he's going to flourish there too, bro. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, he's great. So, so do you get to now have 
relations. You know, I see Weber come to the to the games every so often, and you know, Brad Miller will show up here and there. Like, do you get to have kind of relationships or friendships with any of these guys you used to idolize as Kings players? That's the trippiest part for sure, bro. Like, especially when Vlade and Peja and like they were all here and like you'd be in a meeting with the Kings and Vlade and Peja would be in the room and you're like, what? This is so cool. Uh, but I mean, yeah, dude, it is again. Like I try not to go out of my way to be like, hi, I'm Scott. I'm the t-shirt tosser. And the guy that gets you to stand up on your feet. Uh, I want to be your best friend. Like, no, I got it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm respectful. Cause they, you know, they got a job to do. Um, but man, it is cool to like chop it up courtside with like Doug Christie or like Bobby Jackson. Like those guys have, been very nice to me and very cool and like i remember when my wife was about to go into labor like they filmed a video for her that like good luck we know you're gonna be a great mom like awesome there there's there's such a light there's a reason that whole team was amazing because they're they were they were all likable they were authentically likable and so like again when they're not on the court or they're still those same likable dudes and so yeah i mean i've been really lucky to, to kind of get to know um uh, you know Doug, Bobby, Kenny Thomas, um, you know, a couple other guys. And, you know, they're always, they're nothing but polite, man. Like they're super, they're, they're super classy, dude. Yeah. Super nice guys. That, that was that, that team definitely had a camaraderie and a likability that you don't often see. And um, man, I, I, I feel like this new team from what I've seen in preseason and in the, in the summer league, looks like they're really working hard to gel with each other. Like, Mitchell and, and, and Halliburton like and Fox yeah. like the core group of guys look like they're really putting something together would you have you seen any of that are you you I, I take it that you MC the preseason games right yeah I've I, I've seen it like a lot of people are excited to see it like a lot of people are hyped about the addition of Tristan Thompson man like kind of a quiet a, a quiet uh, addition to our team over the uh, offseason but bro his presence is felt because dude he played again he played you know against and obviously with lebron i think he has at least one ring um he's he's a championship pedigree dude like and kind of like iman shumpert was a few years ago how he kind of brought this like this toughness this swagger this like this is how you win guys tristan thompson kind of has that vibe too bro and like you can see it you could see like he's he's kind of pulling things together. So I'm really excited to see, you know, I'm really excited to see how Davion does up against like some of these West coast guards, bro. Like Dame, Steph, like this is going to be good basketball. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's uh, two things. I was also very upset when they, when they traded chunk, cause I felt like he was kind of the gel that was tying that, that was molding you, that team together. He had a, she has championship pedigree, bro. Yeah. Like, that's not something you can just stumble onto. So like to get a guy like Tristan Thompson, I think he's going to have a much bigger impact than people realize. Yeah. You need that. You need a guy that's like been through those things to like, yep. to point things out and, and yeah. get it. And, you know, it kind of reminds me, I don't, I'm sure you remember when we had uh Tyreek Evans and he got rookie of the year and you yeah, felt bro. like this is it. All right. This is our guy. We've got the guy. And of course, you know, it didn't work out the way we yep. all were. We're hoping, but there was that like energy, right? Like, all right, now we're going to be competitive and we got a guy that's going to go against, you know, some of the greats like LeBron. I remember watching Tyreek go against LeBron yeah. and the, the energy, talking about the energy of the arena, you could just feel it. Like everyone was so excited. 
Yeah. I, I hear you, dude. And shout out to Tyreek Evans, man. Super nice guy. Like, I'm always going to root for Tyreek Evans. Um, yeah, dude. He's a cool guy. Hold on. I'm trying to remember what we were just talking about. I just wanted to point something out. Um, you were talking about your um, – <laughs> Uh, you said Scott Scott Freshour professional t-shirt tosser. That, should, <laughs> yeah. that needs to be like a, a t-shirt itself or like a patch or like a bumper sticker or something like that. No, no my friends actually make fun of me. That's like how they make fun of me. Like, oh yeah, man, like you throw t-shirts. Like, yeah. Scott, I may I more than that, but you know, yeah. I may approach you at the next game and say, Scott, I have another shirt for you. And it might be <laughs> so epic. Dude, Matt, and my man right here gave me my favorite shirt, bro. He gave me the fresh shirt with the Indiana Jones font. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that shirt. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. So I only pulled that out on special occasions because I don't want to like wear it out. Well, you, yeah. know, you know, we have those shirts where you only wear on the like. Like yes. when you bought it, like, look at that. You don't wear that here you go house. right now. <laughs> so how, yeah, you know, that was one of my questions I have written down for you, uh, Scott. Is Indiana Jones? Like, how did how did you fall in love with him? And if you weren't going to be a king's uh, an NBA MC, would you be a paleontologist? Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, I remember I grew up out in the mountains, man. Like I didn't watch, I, I feel like I didn't watch sports till I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Like that's how weird it feels like. Like I just, I always was outside. I was riding my bike. We were going on hikes. We were trying to climb that mountain. We were trying to go swim in that Creek. Like, and so when Indiana Jones came along, I'm like, Oh, I kind of relate to this guy. Like he hangs out in the dirt. Like he's swinging on stuff. Like that's cool. But yeah, again, speaking of like, tying it all back into like the feeling like the vibe it's the soundtrack bro like i couldn't put it into words as a kid like why am i so hyped by this it was the soundtrack man and like from that point forward music especially that genre of music is what i listen to to this day bro like i'll be listening to avengers endgame soundtrack i'll be listening to uh Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I'll be listening to the solo soundtrack. Like, I love that kind of music, like orchestral, these large symphonies. And I was drawn to that. I didn't know what that, why I dug it so much. But like Indiana Jones was the shit because similar to that first bucket, I felt at a Kings game, I saw, I felt something with Indiana Jones, man. It was like the music. This guy's a hero. This guy like loves like history in the past. And obviously as I've grown older, I'm much more interested in that. Um, and to answer your question, absolutely, man, like there's so many days where I'm just like, okay, I can just go get my master's in like religious studies or, or archeology. span And like, I'm so tempted to do it because my schedule would allow it. Honestly. Um, I don't know though. Sometimes I just want to keep it like that fantasy in my head. Like that's like that Santa Claus instead of actually having to go out and like dig, I don't want to dig for seven hours, you know, like I'll just. I'll just dream of being that one. Who knows what you'll find? You could find like a transformer or something. That's what I'm talking about. See, I already think they found them. That's the thing. Not transformers. <laughs> Other artifacts that are uh, would will, will will tell our place in in the universe history. Uh, some kind of spaceship, maybe a some kind of Tie Fighter looking situation in New Mexico, right? absolutely freaking lootly buddy Alien. you're also you're also a you're also a star wars guy like what's uh big time you know yeah so what's um what's your favorite star wars movie or oh. that too much you, that's a deep you know so what that's deeper than oh it is very deep. i named my son luke by the way just because i love 
Star Wars that much. Oh. And again, another epic soundtrack. I got, you know, all, you know, what is it, 11 movies at this point and all the little, you know, things they put out on Disney Plus. My favorite Star Wars movies, you're going to laugh. You're definitely going to laugh because obviously the trilogy is going to sit in everyone's heart, bro. That's like your grandpa and grandma, bro. But Phantom Menace, man, because I was, <laughs> yo, I was in high school. I mean, I learned about Star Wars in middle school and I was rocked by it. And then they were like, we're coming out with another one. And I'm like, what? And it has CGI. And like, <laughs> Phantom Menace, like blue 14 year old Scott's brain, bro. Like I was swept away by that one. Um, so that one for me, I just, I love, and I love, I, I love the prequels, man. Like I actually did. Um, I respect the sequels, the new Disney ones. Like I really liked force awakens and then they kind of lost me after that. But, um, my second favorite star Wars film solo, bro. What? I love Han Solo. Really? I mean, that is such an underrated Star Wars movie. Man. Solo? I got right here on my bookshelf. <laughs> I got, I got every Han Solo, like paperback novel that they ever wow. put out like that was the guy that i always dug because i've always in my mind kind of felt like this dual dualistic kind of guy where i got this i'm nice but i kind of got this you know rough side and so like love han solo bro that's He's, a that's a controversial choice right there man because a lot well, of you people guys didn't like solo well, i can't speak for him track on solo I can't speak for him but i did not care for it and i know it wasn't oh, critically liked again. by a lot of people watch it again how many times have you seen it uh once oh watch it again bro I they they do such a good job, man. It got it got like kind of pushed under the rug. I love Solo. Yeah, I see. Okay, hold on. I had to. Just I like, like the actor too, man. I was like, so okay, I agree. He looks like I completely he actually agree. does look yes. like the very episode. Like if you watch the first Star Wars, bro, he looks like that version of yes. of Harrison Ford, not this no. version of Harrison Ford that we see today. That's why people are like, that doesn't look like. <laughs> so I completely agree with you on on all that aspects. I just thought, you know, personally, the story was a little weak. And I didn't think they fair. I just didn't think it was as well developed as it could have been. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had all the side stories personally. I think the strongest one was Rogue One. I thought Rogue One. Yeah, I didn't like Rogue One. That's that's crazy. <laughs> I, that this is the debate I have at work all the time, because dude, like to me, Star Wars needs to have one of the following things. It needs to have the Force. Sure. It needs to have uh, the Millennium Falcon. Or it needs to have some Skywalker in it. To me, that's that's what Star Wars is. And so when I watch Rogue One, I'm like, well, I'm like, well, where's the time? Like, I, I, where's the Jedi? Like, where's the, where's, where's the Millennium Falcon? Like, the everyone can agree the best part of that movie is in the last two minutes oh, when yeah. Vader shows up and slices everyone. They could have made that the best Star Wars movie of all time. Oh no! If, if Vader was the main villain, and like you saw Vader just annihilating people that whole movie. Don't give it to me in the last two oh, minutes. Make the whole no. movie about it. I don't care about these random rebels and imperial officers. See, yeah, that's what that, I thought was so great about it. <laughs> but but that's the that's the Vader that we don't get to see really see in any of the movies. Like, I still haven't seen it. Like we've only seen glimpses of it. You know, it's you, you can read about it in the comics or the books that got written about between the movies. But really, in the movies, you don't see Vader as that savage that you see him as in the end of that last second of Rogue and One. that's what every flash. Star Wars fan wants to see, dude. Yeah. And I'm sorry to jump right back to Solo, but <laughs> if, if you follow the ethos of like the books that were written, like it, it kind of follows the story that was, was, was canon in, the, uh, in all the novels. Obviously, it went a lot quicker, 
but like it, it it was like the one like star wars movie where they kind of stayed close to the novelization of like solo's life so i liked it from that perspective and dude the soundtrack there's yeah. so many beautiful like throwbacks to like like the early trilogy it's a beautiful soundtrack at least watch it for the soundtrack bro so I, okay <laughs> i guess we all have a personal tie to like a movie right and i think yeah. when i think of rogue one for me the personal tie <laughs> is uh have you ever played halo reach no bro i haven't played okay, it so never got into video games. okay my bad man. so halo reach storyline is basically the same storyline as rogue one so for me i oh. halo reach is my favorite halo game of all time so it was like watching what i wanted halo reach to be like on screen i got you so i think that's, that's cool, i think that's what why i like it so much because it, it resonated to me in a different way if that makes sense i totally dig that i get that one more bad thing about I'm gonna say about Rogue One. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Keep too it. many coincidences. Too many people bump, bump, bumping into each other. Like when they bumped into those dudes on uh, that planet that were that you know Obi Wan sliced off in the next movie. Like yeah, that's right. Come on, bro. This is a giant universe, and you expect me to bump into these characters like left and right. Like oh, it's good to see you again. I just bumped into you on this planet. Nah, man. There's no way you would see these same people. They gotta they gotta sell action figures, you know. That's what <laughs> yeah. And we're buying them. <laughs> I think those guys, I think it's more that you're just, you have like a, 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 an, a fascination with Harrison Ford in general. <laughs> you're hard solo, you're Indiana Jones. So I think you might have, you know, you might've imposed Harrison Ford as, as your dad. In some <laughs> Dude, I, I know like, bro, like most people's role models were Michael Jordan uh, or, Hulk Hogan, bro. Mine was Indiana Jones. Right? To me, that was the uh, the epitome of like a man. Mine was, was John McClane. Sophisticated. He was smooth with the ladies. He was intelligent. Yeah. But he wasn't afraid to get out in the jungle, bro. And that's that's how I am. Yeah. yeah Minus my, the smoothness with the ladies. <laughs> mine, mine was John McClane, which pretty much I'm pretty much matched up with him, except I haven't jumped out of a building in my bare feet. <laughs> There's a lot of things you haven't matched up with, but okay. <laughs> well, take it easy. <laughs> so you mentioned your, your, your like your meditation and your Taoism and 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 how that how that's part of like your life. And sounds like you kind of use some of that when you're when you're when you're when you're doing your job, basically. So how did you find that in your in your life's path? You know, when did that come into you? Mm. Uh, man, um, that's a really great question. Um, I would say when my first son was born and I suddenly realized that you could love more than you currently love. Mm. That makes sense. Like my definition of love was right here. <laughs> I, I know you guys can't see my hands, but and then when my son was born, I was, it grew. And so I'm like, oh, wow, you can actually continue to, grow and love and my dad has always read uh zen buddhism taoism so none of that stuff was foreign to me um and i just remember it was you know kind of a stressful point in my life and i just remember trying to meditate bro and it it it, it was so it was such a profound experience like it was like one of those like jolting experiences and i was like oh i need to stick with this man and like look at me i'm a high energy guy like i'm it's just my nature like i can't ever slow down and so to be able to capture a, gl a glimpse of like meditation and know that dude you can calm your mind bro you know your mind that's going twenty thousand miles per hour all the time i can like stop that i can unplug it for a minute let it charge whatever 
So like, I just kept leaning into it kind of, it, it started with meditation and realizing that you can go to like a different place. It's really trippy, man. But like, it, it, it must've been some of the sci-fi that I, I grew up loving too, to think like, oh my God, there is like a realm that you can go to in your own brain. And then of course, you know, when you do research, you read like, oh, people can astral project, they can walk, you know, they can be clairvoyant. You can get basically superpowers. And of course, Doctor Strange was also a, a, a big movie at that time too. So I was hyped. I was like, yeah, I want to like open portals and stuff. So like I, I was, there was a fascination there on top of like the profound wisdom. Um, so that's what drew me into it. And then, you know, as COVID hit and all these other things, like these catastrophes, bro, like I leaned into this stuff. And if anybody listening here is on like a spiritual path, like I'm a, I'm excited for you and B, I'm also excited to let you know, like that path is never ending. You're never going to be like, I know everything there is about this. It is the, it is like a journey where you just, you get to like, I, I can't explain it. It's profound. If you, if you're into meditation, if you're into yoga, pranayama, any of that stuff, any of the kind of the readings of, you know, these great masters or anything like, oh, it's, it's, it's exhilarating because it, it's easy for us as humans to say, oh, life is this, this is it. Like we want to define everything. We want to be conclusive about everything. But like, I, there is just so much in our universe that we don't understand, but so many people like kind of brush off. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by the topic. Um, I, I, I feel profoundly through the practices. Um, and what's fun now is like, I'm able to define things that happened years ago and be like, oh my gosh, that was totally like, I was vibing with the energy of the crowd, like, like how we just kind of talk, like now I'm looking back and going like, Oh, what a profound, beautiful experience. Oh man, my chakras were wide open for that one. Like those kind of beautiful things. And so, um, yeah, again, it's just, I guess it's always fascinated me even back to the Indiana Jones days, bro. Like that there's a little bit of mystery and a beauty out there that we don't understand, man. And once you start tapping into it and you realize that this stuff is like real, like it's, man, it's a beautiful journey, dude. And the best part is that it, that it doesn't like my mom is very Christian and I try to talk to her about this stuff and I go, no mom, this doesn't, this doesn't like mean Christianity is not real. Like this is what Christianity is talking about. It's talking about positive energies and love and how to treat each other. And like, it's, it's all beautiful and it all kind of fits together. And so if anybody out here thinks I'm nuts, uh, I just, I want to apologize. <laughs> yeah, you kook. <laughs> no, I, it is met with skepticism from time to time. <laughs> I mean, bro, trust me, I, I hear you. And I, I try to talk to some, because I'm on a similar path and I try to talk to friends who, who aren't on that path and, you know, know a certain kind of more conventional way of, of life. And you can sound kooky. But yeah. once you start that like path to whatever enlightenment you're on, it is a life journey. But is, I, yeah. I feel like the more you give, you like water the soil of that, it makes the, the branches and leaves that you extend out into the world that much more rich, you know? That's beautiful. And, and I definitely can see the, the work that you're doing for yourself and how it reflects out with, with your, your energy, your vibe, your positivity, you're always a pleasure to see at the games and to really have a conversation like this with you, man, it's just been, you know, I, I want to go hang out and like have a beer and talk some more. Let's it's just do it boys. Yeah. 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 Let's go. Yeah. 
Uh, I just oh, have to no. also paint a picture real quick. Uh, the whole time you've been talking for the audience, he's oh, been yeah. on the screen with no light and you just see his head floating. We don't really <laughs> even see his mouth either. So let me tell you, it has been quite the experience. <laughs> My kids are asleep. So I'm like, all the lights are off. I close the door, like, like hunkered down in my room. <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm going for that like Wizard of Oz vibe. Or, or no, what's the guy from Power Rangers? <laughs> oh, is that Zed? Zed, yeah. just the head. Power <laughs> yeah. Rangers, and his head like kind of like has a good trail. Well, yeah. and just to bring it back to Bruce Willis, Zed's dead. So, <laughs> oh, stop it! All right, all right, all right. Uh, well, Scott, we're gonna wrap up, man. But yo, it's been so great to talk to you, man, and just hear kind of some of your some of your stories about working in the NBA and some of the greats, and, and obviously the Kings. We all love the Kings on the show, and. um yeah, and just your perspective on like how you can do something that's a pretty commercialized industry and it's very much based towards entertainment and sports and, and consumerism. But you're, I think it's you're still bringing in these aspects of like, you know, your personal growth and your walk with meditation and how you relate to that, that they can coexist. It doesn't have to be one or the other, right? Like you can mm -hmm. find a way to balance it and share that with people. And I think that's beautiful. Absolutely. And I think we need more of that because I think there's also often the skepticism that you can only be one or the other and that's not right. true. So, right, absolutely. Thanks for speaking on it. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, Always so, a pleasure to be around Uncle Dad. Hello. Big Mike. We all need an Uncle Dad. We all need an Uncle Dad indeed. <laughs> so so obviously you work for the Sacramento Kings. People can go to Golden One Center to a Kings game and see you. Where else can they find you and, and follow your adventures of life with kids and wife and and uh, nature and that sort of thing? Yeah, you know, I, I do need to be a little bit more uh, active on that front. Um, I'm you know, the, my only public profile is on Twitter and I, I only tweet like once every month. So uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Scott underscore fresh. I, I'll, I'll start posting more uh, mindfulness stuff or you can just tweet me and say, bro, you're nuts. Yeah. yeah. Actually, <laughs> you, you can tweet him and say, Uncle Dad sent you. <laughs> Uncle Dad said you're nuts. <laughs> right on. Well, fresh. Thanks again for coming on the show. Go Kings. And Kings. Uh, yeah. go Kings. Next time we're at a game, well, I'll hit you up and uh, I, have, I might have that shirt for you. Uh, professional shirt it. throw. I love it. Yes. Right. And, you know, anytime you guys want me back, man, this was this was as fun for me as I hope it was for you guys. Oh, yeah. Kings make the playoffs. Let's have you back. Yes. Done. Okay. So I'll see you guys in April. All All right. Right. Let's do it. They're going to do it. Oh, let's go. Let's okay. go. <laughs> right on, brother. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch, man. Talk to you soon. Take care.